This podcast is brought to you by Spotify for Podcasters. Have you yourself ever wanted to become a podcaster? Well, Spotify makes it simple and easy to do so. You can record, edit, and even distribute your podcast straight from their app. The best part? It is absolutely 100% free. Visit their website, podcasters.spotify.com, for more details and download the app on your Apple or Android devices today to get started on your podcasting adventure. That's Spotify for Podcasters. What is going on, everybody? Travis Fowler, Harkrider, back on this special part two edition of the Four Corner Podcast. You had heard part one earlier this week. Now you get the conclusion of my special co-host episode with CM Burnham. Me and Burnham go into AEW and TNA talks on this episode. And as a side note, at one point in our conversation, he mistakenly said Shibata was the wrestler on AEW who went down with a bad ankle injury. It is going to keep him out for months. We did some research after we recorded the episode, and it was, in fact, actually Kota Ibushi who went down, not Shibata. So keep that in mind as you go through the episode. But I am not going to take any more of your time. Let's jump right back into my co-host, CM Burnham and I's conversation and the conclusion of this week's episode of the Four Corner Podcast. Well, let's kind of flip over to AEW. <laughs> yeah, let's let's move from things that are in really good shape <laughs> to AEW. It's yeah. his favorite company to oh. talk about, and I do mean his favorite company to talk about. So I, I went to the, the Dynamite in Oklahoma City. Yes, How'd you, how did you feel about it? Um, I will say from a live perspective that, first of all, the crowd showed up. Yes, there was they a did. crowd there, and they were happy to see it, and they didn't have to turn the lights down to hide the fact that there weren't people there. There was a there was a almost full house for what they allowed. They had the the top top level mm-hmm. tarped out, but only the top top level. I think, and and some maybe on the back side of the of the hard cam right. side with the hard cam. So uh, so you had a, a lot of seats, and and for those, if any of you are watching like outside of Oklahoma or maybe inside Oklahoma, actually. Um, Jim Ross many years ago said that Oklahoma, if as far as wrestling and actually most entertainment, is what we call a walk-up territory. Mm-hmm. Meaning, most fans don't buy their tickets to events until the day of the event. Yep. So I was reading, and I was having people send me all these screenshots of here's the capacity and here's the number of tickets that have been sold, and this looks like it's going to fall on its butt. Mm-hmm. And I was like, great, we're never going to get this the one and done. Right. And you had a full a full house. Um, I would say even from a TV, sorry, I didn't mean to go ahead. But like you were saying, being there live, uh, it was a packed house for what they had. Yes, you could feel that even watching it. Okay, it was it was unbelievable to hear. Yeah, because especially on that first match with Swerve, Mm -hmm. that crowd was crazy. They love Swerve. Swerve is over, man. I and it's not just Nana in the dance. It's Swerve. Oh yeah, it's him. All the whole package is over. Yes, of those two. Now the rest of the embassy, not so Mm -hmm. much. But Swerve. And, and Nana are over. Um, with that said, four hours is a long time. Is that how long? That the is how was? long. That is how long. It started at six thirty with two t- matches that were taped for ROH. Okay. It ended at ten thirty with after two dark matches, one of which I swear 
never needed to happen. We Nobody wants <laughs> Emi Sakura and Hikaru Shida. And I have no problem with Shida. I don't care anything about Sakura. But I have no problem with Shida. I didn't want to see this match. Yeah. I, I just I knew they were going to get to Jake Hager. I didn't know how they were going to get to Jake Hager, but I knew they were going to get to him out there. They end up putting Hager and Menard and Parker against Dark Order, which that... Ugh, why? Um, but it's fine. Give the, give the, give the heels... Give the what are supposed to be heels the baby face pop because Hager's in that position, and is and Dark that's Order it. baby faces still? I thought they were no, heels. they're heels. That's okay, what I'm saying. That's, okay, that okay. Both okay. groups are heels, but gotcha. this time because it's Hager's in 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 Oklahoma, Oklahoma, it's Oklahoma his it's, state. yeah. Gotcha. Um, and by the way, I saw him on doing press for this in um, on one of the Oklahoma City news stations. Yes, and he came across extremely well. Like it's weird for a guy who can't talk on TV, he mm-hmm. could talk on TV. I I'm was kind of shocked. Well, you know, it's kind and of... he had weird socks on. They focused on his socks a lot, too. Well, I guess, I I don't know. He's had a thing for a hat for a well, while. Well, that's true, yeah. Which, that was going to be my point, was, I'm like you, Hager had always been a hit and miss when it came to promos when he was doing WWE stuff. Yeah. Um, it felt like, I don't know if it's because he didn't need to have a lot of mic time in AEW, and they haven't really given him that, but the whole hat thing where he was like, I, I like yeah, this hat. It yeah. was funny... And it worked. Yeah. Like, people actually got There was a it. guy at the show in the crowd with one of those hats. <laughs> and after the match was over, Hager came out and went straight to him. And, yeah, I, I don't know if he was somebody that knew Hager and wore the hat because he knew Hager, mm-hmm. or if he was just a fan of Hager's. But one way or the other, he wore that hat in. I saw him before the show come in with that. I was like, holy, that's, that's good stuff there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, four hours is really long. Tony Khan came out three times to talk to us. Too much. Um, the third time he introduced Jim Ross, and I feel so bad in this one, but I just got to tell what I saw. So Tony comes out, mm-hmm. and he he's pushing up Jim Ross, and the voice of wrestling, good old JR back in Oklahoma, Jim Ross, here comes the Boomer Sooner song, here comes JR, and he walks down the aisleway. Because the last time that JR was on TV, he's doing Collision. Where's the announce table at Collision? At ringside. Where's the announce table at Dynamite? Up on the stage. stage. He gets all the way down to the bottom of the stage, and the security has to come around, and they're like frantic because they're running out of time to the commercial break. Right. They're frantically pointing back up, and he, like, JR's looking around. I swear he looked like, you know, somebody's dementia-ridden uncle because he he clearly didn't know what was going on. And so he's walking back up, and he's 72 years old, so he walks a little slowly. He gets back up there, and then he's having to get the headset untangled, and I'm thinking, they're going to get him on camera looking like a goof. Dear, this is Tony. This is no, Vince just McMahon under guide Tony him Collins. over there. Yeah, <laughs> just guide him over there. You shouldn't, shouldn't have had any of this. None of this should have happened. Right. Um, so, yeah, that was that. Uh, I've heard a lot of complaints about the Continental Classic Tournament. I don't really have a problem with it because I'm fine with seeing certain people every week mm-hmm. as long as I know I'm going to see certain people every week. Right. I, and they, I thought they did a decent mixture of the classic matches and the regular other matches that you need to see or you're going to see. Um, there just is such a strange style of storytelling and booking with AEW. Well, I, it's, I, I it's don't so... think you could, I don't even think there's a style. I think that, and I don't, I, I, I say that, yes, and you laugh, and you could take that as a comedic way. Um, but in all honesty, I don't, I don't even mean it in a bashing way. I, I just think 
I think it's kind of their style. They they want to be that company that's like we're not just one specific way. We can do all the things, which in some people that can work. But like like you said, you didn't have a problem with the Continental Classic. Not really. I don't necessarily hate it, but I didn't love it either because it is a lot. Do that you not you see that? Did you not like it because? Of the format of the classic, or because of the people who were in it, or maybe because of the way that some of the people in it were used. It's the format. Okay. It's, it okay. has nothing to do with the people that were involved. Well, maybe there's a couple in there that I'm like, I don't know why y'all threw them in, but well. I had a couple people that I looked at them. Like, why are you in there? And yes. I had one person in there. I'm like, why are you being used this way? Yes, and I, I, I don't know if I had that strong, but I knew there was at least two where I'm like, I wouldn't have put you in here. Um, I feel like somebody else could have done that. Not to say that he, that person wasn't deserving, and I don't. I'm not throwing out names. There's no need to. But uh, overall, the idea of a point system tournament, which is what uh, Japan's done yeah, for a long the time. G1. But you got to remember, I also I've told a lot of people this, and I think I've even said this to you. I've grown up specifically with like WWE and WCW style of wrestling, right. which WCW you could say is similar to AEW, kind of, not a lot, but kind of, because it does feel more sports, real life type of feel if you want to go that route. Um, but especially after WWE being around and being the only game in town for so long, and even going back and watching the old stuff that I didn't get to watch as a kid, I like story aspect. Yes. I enjoy the drama that comes with it. I like... Uh, the, somebody just put it in a very good fashion one time, and I've ran with it since. Professional wrestling is just a physical soap opera with men, yep. and that's all that it is. Women, of course, are in there, too. But that's mainly what it's supposed to be. And I've just... I don't like the lack of storytelling that you get with AEW. I feel like they could do better with. Yes. This and I feel like they're getting there. Right. I feel like they've started, at least on this past week's episode of Dynamite, I felt it was very more story-centric than it was in previous uh, in previous episodes. I do think that there are stories that they have in mind. Mm -hmm. um, I also think that some of those stories might unintentionally get hampered because, um, as, as some of us like to refer to it, it is all injury wrestling. <laughs> uh, and people just get hurt so much. In, in AEW. Do you think that's because of the reckless style? style yes, I think, I think it's because there are... AEW is... I truly believe that at some level there is a mentality of in AEW guys, in, in the non-WWE AEW guys, right. who say... Oh, actually, at least one former WWE AEW guy <laughs> who, who says that they come in with the mentality of you can't tell me what to do. Yes. I'm going to go out there, I'm going to have a banger of a match... I'm, I'm going to put it all out there, and in the course of doing that, they either hurt themselves, their opponents, or both. Yes. And then the writers go, well, there goes that four months' worth of stuff. Now yep. where do we go? Yes. And we've seen some, and we can put a list of people out here, some of whom continue to work and some of whom physically literally cannot work anymore, but there's a whole bunch of people that Tony Khan is sitting to rehab, or playing to rehab, because of their own, either their own recklessness or somebody else's recklessness in the ring, and you don't see the frequency of that of that in WWE. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I just it isn't happening so much that it becomes an unspoken joke. Yes, where it's, in it's there. hampered your product. I'm, I'm truly surprised. I, I said this in a in a thread online. I'm really truly surprised that somehow Samoa Joe has made it 
as far as he has. Man. This guy was so injury prone in WWE. He was yes. out for so long with the concussion stuff. How in the world has he worked what he's worked and gotten as far as he has without once being out? But meanwhile, guys like Danielson, guys like Moxley, guys... Uh, who was it? Uh, uh, just broke his ankle. Um, oh, Dante Shibata? Martin. No, no. Uh, Shibata? Not Shibata. No, yeah. Was it Shibata? Yeah, I think it was Shibata. Just had just it wasn't on a it wasn't on an AEW show. It was over in Japan, but oh, he just okay. screwed his ankle up, and he's got to have ankle surgery. He's out for a year, and he just signed to be AEW. Yes. Um. So yeah, there's uh, there's a whole Thunder Rosa was out forever because yep. you know there's all these people that are gone, and. And they're being paid, you know, nicely, I'm sure, to to rehab and whatever. Joe, with a history of all this stuff, <laughs> he doesn't do it. And I said, why? And, and one of the responses was, well, because he just literally walks away from stuff. <laughs> and like, he does. That's, that's funny. But <laughs> he, they said, no, because he doesn't do stupid stuff. And he doesn't, he's one of the ones who doesn't let stupid stuff be done to him. No. So, and, and I wish that more guys who have the knowledge mm. would take that same stance of, no, I'm not going to take that. No, you're not going to do that. No, I don't trust you to do this correctly because. Right. And maybe we'd have more people active on the roster. And I, th- I think we'll get to that point eventually is if you have the right people in charge, which <clears throat> I know there's been rumors that Danielson is somebody who's looked at as a figurehead backstage. Yes. Jericho, we've heard, is there. Jericho's actually been very poignant and has said out loud that he feels like a good portion of the AEW roster should work for Vince McMahon for six months. And then it would help straighten up some of your... He didn't say this part, but I feel like you could read between the lines of it and be like, this will straighten up some of your dumb habits. Where it's like, hey, what you did on the indies or what you may do at spot shows, whatever you want to call them, that may have worked there. But if you're one a long career and especially want one on TV for a long amount of time, you're going to need to kind of push it back a little bit so that you don't do reckless things that can potentially harm you to the point where you're like, oh, now I have to wait and get surgery and all that jazz. Do you think at this point AEW is... Oh, what's the word? I don't want to say in jeopardy because they're not. Financially, they're going to be here for a while. If not ever. Um, do you think they are in danger, though, of eventually swaying away their audience, especially with the rumored TV deals okay. that are coming? I wonder if you're going to bring that up. Yes. So I don't know if how much you pay attention to the weekly ratings, like the quarter-by-quarter quarter ratings. I, I don't. The ones that came out this week were astonishing. AEW started with over a million viewers, which it hasn't done. It used to do, like in the punk era, it used to do relatively regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it drops off, and that's it's normal for everything to drop off over time. It lost over 200,000 viewers in the first 15 15 minutes. Oh wow, that's uh, insane! And then had a five-minute overrun. With five-minute overrun was the only quarter that didn't go down. I think, in terms of star power, I think they are in incredible trouble because they, after they got rid of Punk, they only really had one star. And when I say star, I mean somebody who the metrics show people tune in to watch him, mm-hmm. and that was MJF. Correct. And now MJF is out, and if the stories are true, we may not know how long MJF is out. Yep. So, um, so I think they're in worse trouble than than any than they're willing to to give any vocal aspect to. Just with that aspect, never mind the TV deal, which I, by the way, am upset because I watched that whole preview show, 
because I bought into the hype of Triple H has a big announcement. And I'm like, okay, this is this makes sense. Announce it on the, the bring eyes to the peacock and announce this out. No, nope. and I sat through that whole thing and went, okay, no announcement yet. If if they go the direction of Raw on TBS, which little I, little twelve year old me looks at that and goes, because that happened. Before I st- when when Black Black Sunday, I don't know if you know what Black yeah, Sunday. Yeah, Black okay. Sunday. Yeah. Yep. So I when that happened, that was before I was watching, and I had heard about that. Um, but this would just like in my mind, my, my brain will shatter seeing a a Vince McMahon, even if it's not really Vince McMahon product on TBS regularly. Dude, it was it's, crazy. It's insane. That McMahon documentary that <laughs> yeah. WWE yeah. put out yeah. um, back when DVDs were a thing, because yeah. apparently that's not the case anymore. Right. Um, I have it, yeah. but you're never going to see that on the network. You're never going to see that on Peacock. Right. Trust me, there's enough <laughs> on that DVD that keeps it from getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they showed the footage of Vince being introduced, and he does his whole spiel, yeah. and they go into the whole story yeah. of how that took place. Yeah. And I'm with you. I, I would It would be surreal mm-hmm. to see that as a fan, to actually see it happen. Yeah. Personally, I think, though, they would put Raw on TNT, but that would just be... Crazy. I've actually heard more likely FX. But FX is Fox and Disney. It, uh, right, right. Yeah. So if it's not a Warner Brothers thing, but that, that was the last I heard was the kind of most likely scenario. But if it ends up with a TBS or TNT scenario, then we know that, that the WWE wants exclusivity, and so that's going to bump well, AEW. Well, hold on, because that, that, I'm so happy you said that, okay. because... They made that deal with NXT on the CW. Right. And the CW, currently at least, we haven't seen anything happen yet. Now, we'll see what happens come October once they actually go forward. Right. But currently, CW has the NWA on their app. Now, they're not showing the NWA right. television-wise. And I think that's a separation thing. I'm, I'm not sure that... I Yeah, I, I think that... that that the WWE's mentality is TV. TV is still TV to them, mm-hmm. not all broadcast media, and including the online app aspects. Right. So I I feel like they just want exclusivity of timeline that they can advertise. They can put commercials in other shows to show, and they don't have to worry about people getting confused about. Well, they said wrestling, and I tuned into wrestling, but it's not. WWE wrestling, it's this other wrestling on this other night, and I don't know what I'm watching. Right. Um, so, yeah, whoever, wherever they end up, they're going to be the only one there. Mm-hmm. And if they end up on TBS TNT, then we bump uh, that. I, I read a funny line which suggested that that they do end up back on TNT, and because they you know created Collision basically as a show to showcase Punk, right? And so they put Raw back on TNT, and, and they're like, "Look, we got Punk back on TNT. There we go." Oh, that'd be insane! <laughs> All right, so we're gonna do one last topic before okay. we have to check yeah. out because we're getting close to our show times and yeah. gotta go do our thing. Yeah. Um, I gotta ask because mm-hmm. I don't know if you're hyped. I kind of am, and yeah. I look forward to seeing it. The return of the now rebranded. Right. TNA. Okay. And so, everything that has gone on, because there's been a lot of moves made by TNA, at least when it comes to like streaming, mm-hmm. signing certain stars, even if it's just for one-off appearances, they have built this pay-per-view that's going to take place next weekend, right. and the subsequent follow-up shows for taping, that's all taking place next weekend, and that's the official relaunch of the TNA name. Are you excited about it, and do you think it'll be successful? I am interested in it. Um, unfortunately, I used to... So my cable system does not carry 
uh, TNA or Impact, whatever. And I was not necessarily motivated enough to go and bother to find other sources to watch the product, but I would read the recaps that occurred every week on uh, Meltzer's site somewhere in like December. Mm-hmm. Meltzer's, I, I mean, I'm guessing maybe that because they went to a lot of recap shows yes. or something, yes. and that's why I'm not getting feeds on that. Okay, so I, I wonder because I it disappeared. Yes, it disappeared, and I thought maybe the person who wrote it just walked away and they hadn't found anybody to do anything. So I keep forgetting. <laughs> That, that TNA is, not not forgetting, but I, it's not at the front forefront of my mind that TNA is doing this thing until I come across these headlines that say so-and-so sign, so-and-so sign. And I'll be honest, the only one that really grabbed me because I liked these guys. I know you and But I didn't like the last iteration I saw of them right. was the Grizzled Young Vets. Yes. Uh, I, I From the point that I started watching NXT and they were there... I liked the presentation, I liked the gimmick, I, I thought everything was pretty good, and I kept wondering why they never got that last little push up there. The the dyad stuff, eh, I like Joe Gacy, I do. I really I actually did. like I... the character as the cult leader. Yes. I, I have a thing for cult leaders. I like Bray Wyatt, I like Waylon Mercy, I like they're this. Fun. They're fun, yeah. But, but why I like Ministry Taker weirdo, the Weirdo, they say, yeah. Um, but weirdo Joe Gacy like he is now, I'm not so sure I'm on the side of. But anyway, the dyad didn't do anything for me. Right. But when I watched the promo about them coming into to TNA, I thought, okay, this is good. We know historically mm-hmm. that TNA has always, has I shouldn't say always, that TNA has been a long-term showcase opportunity for tag team wrestling, mm-hmm. which the WWE has not been. Right. I, even when they've had strong tag team programs, it's only been brief and sometimes almost accidental, and then they become kind of forgotten. Right. Um, I think TNA has more potential, especially for talents of this nature who clearly weren't going to get any further along than they were um, in NXT. And I, I'm certainly interested in them. I'm, I'd like... I'll be interested to see if there is any type of, for lack of a better term, house cleaning. Yeah. Um, when when the when the pay per view comes, who's there? Who's not? Who's where? What's the? Is this just a rebranding in name and an attempt to to bring back what people remember fondly? Because people now like look at definitely the early early years, like the two thousand two to two thousand six ish time period of TNA, as like this real glory period of wrestling. We because while it didn't ever measure up to WWE, it was an alternative. It was really was an alternative to watch stuff. Yes, it was. And I'm I'm hoping that this is not just them changing the name back to what it was to kind of bring people to think this is what it's going to used to be, but it keeps being the same thing. Which again, I don't watch, mm-hmm. and I know you do, but when I read about it, I'm like. It's there's nothing not there's you. nothing that makes me go man I want to look at this. Yeah. There's just nothing there. There's guys on that I read the results of that I like, but a lot of it I just read and go Here's something fun to go with it. One of the things that they have promised on this pay-per-view next week is that there is a 
monumental earth-shaking announcement or signing that has taken place. Tony Khan has a big announcement. Right, yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? The difference, though, on that is that they're actually doing it on a pay-per-view. Okay. So that has more potential to have more of that, whoa, holy thing. And most people have thought something to what I'm about to say, which is Mercedes Monet, because that would be a huge get for TNA. Now, there's been a lot of rumors that have circulated that she has a high asking price yeah. and that WWE and AEW are the only two that could yeah. actually meet that price. I kind of believe that. However, a little part of me also thinks this would be a personal thing for Mercedes because part of the reason she left is because they wouldn't meet her demands of being like, she felt she was just right. as top of a star as Becky, as Charlotte. Um, you could throw Bailey in there as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, she was a draw. And I was talking with somebody on Twitter about this uh, not too long ago. I said, this could be her way of being like, I get my freedom to where I can still work wherever I want. I can still do side projects if I want. I'm getting paid to do wrestling through this one company here. And there, you know if they signed her, she'd be a featured player. She'd be one of their main stars that they would put focally could this be the way to show, yes, I am worth everything that I asked for and more if she indeed can bring viewers back to TNA? My only, my only superficial no uh, leaning towards this is the TNA presentation, what little that I have come across in clips on Facebook things or whatever, mm -hmm. the TNA presentation itself, much like the NWA presentation, is very, very small scale mm -hmm. and, and old school studio style. Right. And Mercedes, as I grasp her uh, to be doing at this point, Mercedes is presenting herself as as still with the WWE mentality of I am a larger than life superstar. Right, right. So if you are going around, if you, she is actually asking for the amount of money that she says she's asking for, I don't know. Even with the freedoms you talk about, because I I get those freedoms. Right. I don't know that coming in here meets the level of what she wants to do for wrestling mm -hmm. and fulfills that aspect, unless. As you say, there is a personal, and by personal, I mean she's coming in with a program in mind, and this is a very short term, like Maybe six months so. at the most. You think? Okay. I think I think six months okay. at the most, um, in order to to say, look at what I did. Now, what if I come to you and can do the same type of thing? Gotcha. Um, but I I don't I just don't see her long term. Being that, and I certainly don't see Impact having, or TNA having the money to long-term do that. Probably not, but I did also read that they made a viable shot to get Punk as well. And I think there was a rumor that they tried to get Osprey as well. Um, obviously, we know how both of those yeah. ended up going. So, it's very possible. Here's another thing that I thought about when it came to TNA. It's what if, what if somehow, some way we just might see TNA announce a joint ventureship, not with AEW, okay. but with WWE. Do you think it's possible that that could actually be a plausible situation? I don't... They don't see TNA as a threat these days, and that right. has been put on record. No, and true. Mickey James was in the Rumble last year as Impact, as Impact Women's Champion. Champion. Yes. 
So there could have been some kind of talks where it's like, hey, let's just see how this goes. There's a history of, of the two of them being willing to, yes, to temporarily has. exchange talent, Christian Cage, Ric Flair, yep. and, and things. But I again, the, the first question that comes to my mind is how does WWE benefit from that? True. Because I think that would be the first thing that they would ask. And rightfully and, so. And it, you could say developmental, and sure. they've got their developmental, and I don't know that the TNA people would be willing to rethink their whole product mm-hmm. to adopt the developmental mentality that they have in NXT. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, short-term working, really outside chance. Long-term relationship, I say no. No chance of it being a long-term thing. Would you all. even say no chance? In hell? There we go. <laughs> I was hoping you'd finish it. Yeah. All right. Man, this has been fun. I, I think we're going to do one of these again down the line, too, because it's just fun. I've, I'll, I've said to you several times I've enjoyed talking with you about wrestling because it's just you and I have a blast when we do it. So I think we're going to have to put a button on this That's one cool. here. But I appreciate you taking the time yeah, no to give us a little bit of Absolutely. background on your history of wrestling, getting into the business, and y'all got to hear a little bit about what we do almost every single month anyway. <laughs> so... If you've enjoyed this, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Smash that YouTube button. It's free. I always want to say that. Oh, I'm glad you got that opportunity. <laughs> I've rewarded you that platform to do it. But yes, please, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure you're following us on all the socials. Uh, we're on X, we're on Instagram, and we're on Facebook. You can follow me personally. I am now Travis underscore 4CP, so I am easy to find there. And hit us up. Anytime you want to, let us know what you want to see for WrestleMania. Do you agree with us and believe that Roman and Cody should be for a title? Or do you think Rock and Roman is Mania bound instead of Chamber bound? Let's hear it down in that comment section below. And I will see you guys, as always, next week. And I hope you just all continue to do what we do and love pro wrestling.